Anecdotes for success. Level up with truth, meaning, trade-offs, perspective. All right, we did it again. We started talking, but Matt had the discipline to say, I'm not talking anymore. And he basically put his hand over his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) This obviously I've been I this is bittersweet. I've been waiting for this young lady's (laughs) career to finish so we could have her on the podcast. If if you know anything about me, it's my daughter because you can see. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's not rocket science, but uh yeah, let's uh let's get started. Uh Allie, you know Matt. I do. I'm happy to be here. Been yeah, watching the podcast for a while, so I'm honored to be on it this time. <laughs> good, good. Well, you you come up quite a bit. You and your sister both come up and and as we were just starting to talk, uh you've had a what appears to be a, a really good really really good uh softball career, athletic career and um my understanding is that is now come to come to its fruition, come to an end, like they all do. Yep. And, um, I'm sure you have. I know you have some other plans that I didn't want to hear about until we're on camera. But, <laughs> but but or before we were recording, I should say. But you know, before we do, you know, um, tell tell us a little bit. Tell I mean, I think your father knows, but tell me a little bit about you know the this last season and and uh what it was like from the outside looking in it looked like it was quite successful yeah so i guess just a little bit for people who don't know i played softball at binghamton university so i graduated from horses high school in 2018 um started as a freshman at binghamton um in the fall of 2018 and then i just finished my fifth year or covid year um because i was in college through all that craziness this year so this year specifically, I think, was really special for me just because as a program, I think some of the changes culturally um, and, you know, just some things we had been working on kind of came to fruition. And I think people from the outside started to see that. So some of the changes we were making, you know, as upperclassmen who, you know, we tried really hard to not change, turn the program around, but just, you know, leave it better than we left it. Um, We've been kind of seeing things get a little better for the past few years, but I think we had our the highest win total this year that we've had in probably over a decade. Um, we came finished second in the conference um, conference uh, ranking regular season for the first time in a while. We were behind by I think a game. Ultimately, we fell up, um, fell a little short in our end of the year conference tournament. But I I had so much fun this year. I I don't like to rank how the years went, but this is definitely one of my favorites just because of the people and you know the work ethic we had. So. Yeah, I could go on and talk about that for an hour, but I'll stop there. Well, let me <laughs> ask you something. You said a couple things there that I, I thought were worth going back on. Is you said you you guys have been working on changing the culture, and mm-hmm. and like, it's a two part question. I think specifically, like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because you hear that a lot, but what does that yeah. mean? And the second the second thing is, you said you wanted to leave the program. You, you, and your 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 up the upper class uh, classman teammates wanted to leave it better than than what you'd started with. What does that look like too? What do those things mean? Yeah, so I want to preface with you know just being able to be a student athlete at Binghamton has been, if not the greatest privilege of my life. So I can't say enough great things about Binghamton. But I think specifically, you know, coming in freshman year, 
um, you don't really know what to expect. You know, you're just kind of going with the flow. And then, you know, as you as you go on, you kind of take on more of a leadership position. You have more of a say of, you know, things that you liked from upperclassmen, things that you didn't like. And that kind of becomes in your hands to change that culture around. So I think, you know, one thing we always talked about was just being able to take and receive criticism well. So especially, you know, softball, like baseball is a game of failure. So just being able to look at your teammate or have a teammate look at you and say, respectfully, I need you to get your head out of your butt right now or something <laughs> like, I know you're better than this. You seem to be pressing a little bit today. You know, what can we do to change that? I don't know if you realize it or not. Um, just things like that. And I think that's something that's just going to serve serve me and my teammates well as we continue throughout our career. Um, you know, I always, I've learned it's a great skill to have just in the real world too, to ask a mentor or a peer, you know, what do you think I could be doing better that I may not be able to see myself? Um, and also just learning how to say those things in a respectful way. Um, because, you know, there's a difference between intent and impact, as I'm sure you guys have talked about a lot. So, you know, just the way we say things, the way we respond to things. Um, I think that's something we saw grow a lot um, during my time at Binghamton. And then the other thing that we talked about a lot, um, we watched this video that I know my dad has seen from the Duke women's basketball coach. And he basically talks about how you're going to go through a lot of adversity as an athlete, but the best athletes learn how to handle hard better. So mm -hmm. that's a phrase that we or, you know, we talked about as a team, I I think about a lot, um, you know, you can't stop hard things from happening. You can only control how you respond to them and how you can handle them better. So I think, you know, that's something we've improved upon a lot as a program while I was there. And I think the future is so bright still. I mean, they're definitely on the up and up. So I'm excited to see what they do. Good, good. Um that handle hard better thing is very interesting. I, I hadn't really heard that. I'd, I'd love to see that video. Yeah, I'll, send, share I'll that send it to you. Yeah, share that with me. He loves but, that one too. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> but, but but it's so interesting you say that, Ellie, because one of the things that it's like a pet peeve of mine and, and maybe the biggest one is I look around so often, not with everyone, I don't like to paint anything with a broad brush, but I look around so so often and and – and, and 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 frankly, frankly, especially in, in younger generations, high school, college, get in. And, and what I see, and this is anecdotal, um, is is a lot of people who want hard to go away. They want yeah. they're never to be hard. The hard is hard means there's um, there's something wrong going on and, and we've got to we've got to defeat hard and i feel mm -hmm. the exact opposite we're gonna have hard and and so to hear that i mean you know it's a statement that i that i i guess i made that you know like i see this i hear this i hear it a lot uh yeah. or that that sense of it you know i mean it sounds like you're agreeing with me at least to some sense like oh, what, yeah. do you, what do you think about what i said there and why and why 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 not instead of say handle hard better let's say let's change it to let's get rid of hard completely yeah see i i couldn't agree more with what you're saying because i just i feel like failure is just as much a part as anyone's journey as the success is and i feel like maybe more yeah it's not more and most people you know when they're talking about themselves they want to talk about all their successes but like i'd rather hear about your failures because i think 
like failure is something that everyone relates to on some scale. So no matter who you are, you know, where you are, you've failed before. Like that's just up and I don't I think like one analogy I've heard that I really liked is I think that when you're afraid of failure, you can set lower goals for yourself. So mm-hmm. say you set a low goal for yourself and you reach it. That's awesome. But if you set a really high goal for yourself, and even if you just miss it, you're still higher than you were with the low goal. So even though that's a fail, like, is it really? Because you're still higher than that low success would have been. So I kind of just think about it like that. Um, you know, we've heard my dad's yo-yo analogy, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, and that's something I relate to. I mean, I think like <laughs> I, I even say with one of my teammates, like we'd be struggling during the game. I'm like, man, like the yo-yo is down right now. Like we would literally say <laughs> say that to each other and I think just being able to tangibly express that just kind of when you're going through something like that you just have to be able to see the silver lining and what's happening to you because I mean I'm 22 years old and there's times in my life already where I've failed and I can now see why that had to happen to me that either another door could be open or when a new situation prevents itself I now have the skills to get through that that I wouldn't have had if I just had an easy easy road agreed Paul, I, I'll let you go. I don't know where you stand in the questions here, you know, and 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 <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know whether you're gonna ha- ask really difficult ones or just throw her, you yeah. know, softballs <laughs> like you know, like in the gym all those years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is uh, this is fun because I feel like I have a front row seat at a, one of the greatest conversations in the world right now for me, you know. So, uh, no, and Matt, I already sent you the link to that Heart is Better. I mean, that's literally what it's called. You'll, okay. you'll love that. Don't watch it during the podcast. But recommend uh, it to okay. anyone. I recommend it to anyone listening. Just look up Handle Heart Better. It's Heart is Better. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Allie, I, I, wanna, I want you to go way back to uh, wh- when you started playing softball. And uh, you, you played basketball as well, but when you realize, like, at what point in your life, there's a couple, I mean, I have, I'm privy to this information. Mm-hmm. At what point in your life were there moments where you're like, this is something I really want to do? Because you weren't really good at it at first. Well, we only have, what, like 45 minutes, right? So I'll... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I I mean, I played T-ball um, and all that stuff. And then Jenna, who's about a year and a half older than me got into softball and naturally being the younger sister, I had to do everything she was doing. So when she was, I think seven and you can quote check me on these facts, but she um, was interested in being on a local travel softball team. And honestly, at the time I'm pretty, they just pretty much took me too because I was her sister. And I think I was about four feet tall and got one hit the entire summer um, at our last year. And so I really probably did not deserve to be there from a credential standpoint. Um, But I don't know. I just feel like obviously at that time, I didn't realize the magnitude of the impact that it would have in my life, but I loved it. I enjoyed playing it. And I think, you know, as a kid, you're not worried about success and failures at the plate or in the field. Like I was just having a great time. And that's what I remember about it. Um, But moving on from there, I, I just always kept playing. Jen and I were on the same teams. Um, and then flash forward a little bit, I remember seventh grade, this is where kind of the first adversity with softball comes in. You know, I was playing on, on these travel teams. I was really excited, you know, because in seventh grade, you can try out for junior varsity. Um, but just one problem, I got cut from JV in seventh grade, which was tough um, because, you know, 
you just start comparing yourself to everybody saying, well, I, I'm on this travel team, like how'd they make it? And I didn't, you know, um, just stuff like that. And I was honestly embarrassed because I'm like, I'm traveling to all these places. Like I can't even make JV. What am I doing? You know, that was kind of the first time that a lot of self-doubt crept in of, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't it. What should I do? And I remember coming home and I was devastated. Like I had the probably the most honest talk with my parents I'd had in a while, just saying like, what do I do from here? I don't know if I should do this. Like, should I even play modified? Like just an, a real, real talk. And, you know, they kind of looked at me and were like, well, you have two choices here. You can kind of just be complacent and, you know, whatever happens with yourself while career happens, or you work your butt off and you make a statement next year and you not only make JV, but you try to earn a starting spot. So that's ultimately what I did. Um, and the next year in eighth grade, I placed first in the entire JV tryout and made the JV team. So that was kind of the first time, you know, where, I mean, we'll get into this too, but just the lessons you learn from sports are insane and more important than, you know, any stat that you could possibly obtain. But I think that was the first time I just kind of proved to myself, like, wow, if I really set my mind on something and I work hard, then I can achieve, you know, what, what I'm trying to. And that sounds really cheesy, but, um, Oh, it's probably, it's probably the greatest lesson any yeah. person can learn. And it's sadly a lesson that most people, w it's easier to quit, right, Allie? Not, yeah. maybe not for oh, you, yeah. or, but, but for far too many people, it's easier to point the finger. I didn't make it because the coach yeah. didn't like me or, you know, or, mm -hmm. or the, that coach's daughter is this or what, who, any number of things we can make up. But what you yeah. just said there is the greatest thing that could ever happen to a person is go, look what happens when I put my mind to something and work hard. Look yeah. at the outcome. And it might not even be what you hope it is back to your early. It might be a little less, but to see that you're see, rise yeah. through the, and feel that accomplishment, I'll let you continue. But I, no, I, you're I, good. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't I, agree more. Um, I just, the number of people who haven't figured that out at 40. Mm -hmm let alone 14 is, is it's, it's sad to me. It's sad yeah. to me. So anyway, and I, no, you're good. Cause I was just going to say too, and I'll get into this. Like, I feel like a lot of people just decide not to even try because they're like, well, what if I give all this effort and still fail? It's like, okay, but what if you don't, like, if you don't give the effort, you're definitely going to fail. Yeah. If you do give the effort and you still fail, you're still in a better place than you were. And I don't even like to use the word fail because it's not even necessarily a fail. It's just a different, anyways. Um, so then I played on JV. Um, was it 10th grade I started varsity? Did varsity? Yeah. Um, so I got pulled up to varsity in 10th grade. Um, but there was a girl, you know, who was currently playing over me. And, you know, this was just another challenge. I, you know, I got pulled up to the higher level. I wanted to keep getting better because you go, you know, from dominating a little bit on JV to getting pulled up to that next level. And that had kind of always been the story of my career, you know, just having an older sister. I was always playing up. And the teams I was on, I was always younger, which served to be, you know, a benefit because I feel like it was just always pushing, always pushing me, you know, to see what that next level is. But um, anyway, so a few games into the season, um, the girl who was playing ahead of me got sick and didn't come to the game. So I got to start that game. And after that game, I started every game for the rest of the year. And Ooh, then Wally Pipter. Yeah, which <laughs> he doesn't which, know who he is. If anyone yeah. doesn't know that, me Lou, Lou Gehrig at a time played the most games for in in Major League Baseball history, most consecutive games, mm -hmm. and 
There was a guy, he played first base. There was a guy by the name of Wally Pipp who played ahead of Lou Gehrig for the Yankees. Mm. And Wally Pipp sat yeah. a game because he was sick or injured. I forget why. And Lou Gehrig went in and, and played for like the next 20 years in a row or whatever. So it's called being Wally Pipp. So. <laughs> yeah, so maybe not on the same scale in varsity softball, but like pretty close, I think. It's <laughs> the, um, the only scale you know. No, I'm kidding. Um, hey. But you know – yeah, after that, no, just played no. out, played out yeah, through high ahead. school. Yeah. No, I was just going to say played out through high school, and then we can get into college stuff too. But So yeah. back back to the when you didn't make JVs, how, how was your relationship with that coach the rest of your career? Awesome. That, that, awesome. And I knew you'd say that, but you, there's no blame. In our household, there was like, I can't believe this happened or that happened. And we worked hard not to compare anything. Yeah. We worked hard on how do you get better? Like, like it's just, not... yeah, it's just like, I've just kind of always been the person where if I, I'm not even going to use the word rejected. Just if I get criticism, the first thing I do is I go home or go wherever I am and take time to actively reflect on it. Mm. You know, why would someone say that? Can I see their perspective? How, you know, how did that decision come about? My first reaction is never, although sometimes I want it to be, I can't believe they do that to me. What, like, I'm going to give up. I'm going to, like, I think it's a lot, and this is missed out on a lot of people and a lot of athletes is criticism comes from somewhere. It may not be internal, but I think the first thing you have to do is just try to understand, is it valid? Is there something I can take from it? And if not, let's go have an upfront, direct conversation about what they meant by it. Because sometimes you'll say, you know, I was just having a rest, rough day and it got taken out on you instead of letting it spiral downhill and things yeah. like that. But in terms of like athletic rejection, I've always just, you know, taken time to go reflect. And then if I need to have a further conversation, go have it. But I think for a lot of people, the first thing is just believe this. They don't like me. It's because of xyz reason um so i just think that's important to know too no, no it's super important where and and that's hard that's it's a great skill set to have and 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 some's probably learned in some some sense from you and and most people aren't like that and, you know I, i'll i'll admit that you know oftentimes my reaction is to say well What's what's their problem that they have the nerve? Oh yeah, to I'm not perfect. Right? I'm not perfect. Yeah, I'm not perfect. <laughs> no, no, I know you're not. I know you're yeah. not. I, what I'm saying is that that takes that takes probably mm -hmm. takes paying attention a lot, doesn't it? Paying attention yeah. to your own emotions and 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 making that a habit of some sort. It's probably not you know something that you just kind of were born with, although maybe it was, but but it Definitely seems not. to be like something you really have to try to do. Yeah. And I think one thing too, that I've just learned throughout, you know, my athletic career is there is so much just conflict that could be avoided. If when someone says something new, you simply say, you know, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate on that? Instead of being like, okay. And then just going, talking to other people about it. I mean, you know, even with my friends or other people, sometimes if they come to me with something, the first thing I say is, oh, well, have you talked to that person about it? Well, no, but, and it's like, okay. And and honestly, like I, I've done that too. And my friends have called me on, on it in the same way. It's just so easy to take that and say, well, I knew what they meant by it, but sometimes you don't. So I think just being able to ask the simple question of, you know, can, can you explain to me what you meant by that? Just so we're on the same page. Yeah. I good, think, advice. good advice. I don't know. But... 
so, so real, real quick, uh, my students were doing an elementary field day today. And there's a school nurse there and kids were coming up saying their feet hurt. And I go, oh, my gosh. And the nurse goes, no, it's because they're never outside playing. And they're outside playing for an hour and their feet hurt. And they think there's something wrong with that. And I was thinking about this throughout this whole conversation, because if at an early age your feet hurt and you take that to whatever uncomfortable thing you're doing, yeah. what hope is what hope is there for when they get older and all of a sudden their boss is mean to them, their feet hurt again, right? Or they're failing in school or getting cut from a sport, their feet hurt. Like it's like a metaphor for life. My mm -hmm. feet hurt. And <laughs> now some parents, the, the nurse was great about it, you know, and just brushing off and knowing it's not a big deal, but what parents coddle that and what parents just say, no, they don't really hurt. We just have to get out more. And, uh, I, I think you're, you're fortunate that you had the mindset early on that when your feet hurt, that's okay. It means, means they're not going to hurt in the future. Did I, did I ramble too much or does any of that? No, I was just going to say. I, I, I took a chance with that. I, no, I was going to say as, <laughs> as simple as it, as simple as it sounds, plug your ears. I'm going to say something nice about you, dad. Um, <laughs> I just think, you know, from an early age, my parents always had me, you know, if we were ordering pizza, if I needed to make an appointment call yourself. And at the time I thought that was the biggest deal in the world. I'm like, I can't call, like I'm scared. And they were like, you have to learn to do this because someday you're going to do it. I mean, even being in my dad's class senior year, just the simple skill of having to go into a business where I didn't know anybody and say, hi, I'm so-and-so nice to meet you. I'm here to shadow whoever today. It's just, that is a skill I feel like that is being missed on so many kids or young adults that I think is so crucial to be able to handle conflict and effectively communicate. Oh, Allie, I agree. It's such a big deal. And, and you know, I see this, you know, it, it, let's say it's in my subways, you know, and mm -hmm. I'll be in and there'll be a kid who's plenty old enough, plenty mm -hmm. old enough. And they'll be with a parent and we'll ask, the, you know, in our world, you know, what would what would you like? What size? What kind of brand? <laughs> so we're asking all these questions and the child who might be 12 years old, 11 years old, 10 years old to me should be doing it all on their own. Their parent can be there to support them and, and that kind of thing. But they'll say to their mom, they'll turn to the mom. I'd like a turkey sob. And then the mom goes, turkey, please. And then American <laughs> cheese. Amer and, and I'm just thinking, I'm just, all I'm thinking is, yeah. This is the kind of thing that is going to, it's not going to end well, you know, yeah. not my sub. My sub's going to come out perfect, of course. But, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, it's, it's what you said, Allie, it's make my, you, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to make your child or anyone you're trying to teach just uncomfortable enough, right? So, mm -hmm. so that they can get through it. But that's a growth. That's a growth. So I, I love it. I you're, you're you're spot on, and and Paul, good for you and and Stacy for you know for doing those types of things. And it's no wonder your kids' daughters have turned out you know as 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 good as they have because um, par parenting's a big deal. Yeah, he did all right. He did all right. All right. Now, <laughs> we we talked about it with Jenna. I'm going to bring it up again. Was. I'm going to set Allie up for this. This is one of these softball questions. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Metaphorically. Right. W- was there ever a time our family was allowed to complain about a situation or event? What did we call it? Do you remember? Well, the five-minute session we got, yeah. So I'll at- say it, the, the bitch fest. Yeah, well, I was going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after, um, because, you know, just just growing up around athletics a lot, you know, you see all different types of, I'll just use the term parenting tactics, um, as far as athletics go. And, you know, one thing that I always appreciated about my family is I just felt, I felt like I was loved regardless of how I performed on the softball field or the basketball court. And like, now that I'm older, I see how valuable and how sometimes honestly rare that is, um, you know, sad, sadly to say it, but I, I truly never felt like our relation, my relationship with my parents was affected on how well I hit a ball or threw a ball or shot a basketball. Um, you know, something I thought was silly, and then I'll get to what we were talking about, is every year my parents would sit me down all through high school, and they'd look at me and they'd say, do you still like it? Do you want to play? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I want to play. What, what do you even mean? But now I'm like, wow, like that was really, really cool because they would love me the same whether I ever put on cleats again or anything like that. And I just think that's super special, like to be able to have that relationship, especially because, you know, when things weren't going well for me and my sport, because sometimes they didn't go well, <laughs> um, instead of, you know, having my parents also be co- like coaches and just on me, on me, I could go to them and say, this is how I feel right now. Like, can you help me get through it? as you know my supporter and someone that loves me instead of saying you need your hands higher you need to swing at this pitch which sometimes we had those conversations too don't get me wrong um but it was I just think um that's really special so one thing we did after you know travel tournaments because sometimes we'd have five hour rides home I mean we drove to Colorado so that was like a 24 hour ride home and we were just like we can't talk about the fact that I struck out twice for 24 hours on on the ride home so oh I well, yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but we didn't want to. So we just set, not necessarily set a timer, but we'd be like, okay, we get five minutes and we can say whatever we want. And you guys just need to listen. Like, it's not really even a discussion. Me and Jenna are just at it, at it, at it. Just five minutes, just talking about whatever we need to get off our chest. They get like a rebuttal maybe. And then we're just done. <laughs> Like we're done. <laughs> and then we turn up the music and we enjoy our trip home as a family, which I, you know, looking back, I think is honestly a good idea. Um, and I kind of, I got this advice from my sister. I've kind of done the same things in life. Sometimes if I have a crap day, I'll set a 10 minute timer and be like, I'm going to be pissed for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to get over my, <laughs> like, I'm going to go sit in my room for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to go hang out with my friends downstairs because this thing that I feel like is such a big deal right now isn't going to matter a year from now. So, and I, I can definitely be better at that. That is something I can grow with, but that's something I want to continue to do. No, I think, I think that's awesome. And, and uh, it, it sets boundaries. It, 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 you know, it, it, it lets you get the stuff off your chest. Like you said, um, Paul, where mm-hmm. was that just some harebrained scheme you, you had or. Yeah, we we could have a whole nother podcast on the thing Stacy and I tried yelling charts and and I always know. lost those, I'm not gonna lie. Well, no it was between me. him and me and we yeah. we had like ten and Jenna and my mom had like one. The, the, like the purpose <laughs> the purpose for trying, between, behind a yelling chart was we'd find ourselves just yelling at each other all the time. 
So if you could go each day without yelling, you get so many points. And then okay. on Friday, we'd take you to the arcade or something like that at the mall. I see. Yeah. But oftentimes I was the one losing. Like, and so I'm like, <laughs> you know, but, but it's very self-reflective. Like, what's the problem yeah. that I'm telling my kid not to yell, but now that we have a chart, I'm the one yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe you know, and that there, could be right? a boss, a teacher. Like we, we often think it's everybody else's problem, but the chart was the chart. So back to the bitch fest. Yeah. It was just another harebrained scheme that we, you know, for every 10, we tried two might work, you know? Uh, yeah. And that, that's, that's just, that's just the way it operated. Uh, Allie, uh, talk about the mindset of, of, okay, you go to high school I mean, I'll mm-hmm. do a humble brag for you. You're female athlete of the year at your high school. Mm-hmm. And you get to go to Binghamton. You have a big day. You're you're on your way there. And all of a sudden, you're a freshman. So everybody should think you're you're all this. So talk mm-hmm. about the mindset of what you think is going to happen and what really happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just going to speak for, you know, my journey specifically. Because obviously, I can't, everyone's situation is different. But so... Just kind of that recruiting process. I won't get into all of that, but I ended up getting recruited by Binghamton, which was a dream. Let me of- back up a little bit. So you yeah. also played basketball, and you were considering college basketball at the time. I was. So, so you can even say, what was the difference between that before you moved on? Yeah, so I considered basketball for a little bit too, but ultimately, like there was just something really special for me about softball. I just loved the process of it and I felt I mean one I just I loved the game I think just a little bit more and two I knew I could play at a higher level in softball but um you know when you reflect like that is something that was important to me I I wanted to play at, at the highest level um and yeah so going um I got recruited by Binghamton um it was a little differently than I would have expected so just long story short basically we had you know talked for a while um honestly like took a break talking for a while then went back went on a visit and I got offered a spot on the team um but it went a little differently than I expected so when I was in the office I got offered a position as a walk-on on the team which means I would not be um a scholarship player um which you know I at first I was happy and then I was sad and, I, and then I went home and I'm like why am I sad like I just got you know, the dream of like, not that I was sad, but it was just oh something I needed to reflect on that I wasn't necessarily prepared for. Um, so I remember, you know, asking, will people be able to tell I'm a walk-on by the way I'm treated? And will I have the same opportunity to compete as everybody else? And they said, no one will be able to tell. You'll have the same opportunity to gain playing time and compete. And honestly, like that was all I needed to hear because from my past experience, like the hard work didn't scare me. And the competitive the competitiveness didn't scare me. And the university was one that I knew was the right fit for me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people always say you walk on the campus and you're like, oh, I just had a feeling. Like, I genuinely did. The people there were awesome. The values of the coaching staff coincided with my own. Um, players were awesome. Uh, had my major specifically. Had a lot of career opportunity. Things like that. So, I mean, my freshman year, it didn't take me a long time to realize a lot of my teammates were faster, stronger, frankly, a little bit more talented than I was, which was definitely a change, you know, coming out of high school. But I think it's important to realize for athletes who are playing in college, like 
not necessarily the same award, but, you know, everyone on your team is going to be athlete of the year from wherever they're coming from. Not that I'm downplaying that award at all. It's amazing. Horseheads has a lot of talented athletes that graduated out of my class. But I think on some scale, you just got to know you're a little fish and a big pond when it comes to collegiate athletics. Um, but, you know, I just... I caught a lot of bullpens that year. I worked my butt off. I got strong in the weight room. And most of all, I, I loved it. Like, I just loved being a part of things in softball. Really. And, you know, I kind of, I came back my sophomore year and something kind of crazy happened where I think my freshman year, I got maybe like 17 at bats the whole year. I think I started three games. Um, we were sitting in a team meeting and my coaches and teammates voted me as one of our team captains as a sophomore. Wow. And that like truly, I don't want to say like changed everything, but it really like I needed it I because it was just like a little token of like, wow, like what you're doing isn't unnoticed and it's valued the way that you're, you know, kind of working and going through things and presenting yourself. And that really just it just changed my perspective because I'm like, you know what, just because I'm not on the field, like. I'm making an impact. Like, I love this. I love the process of working every day. Like, I love going to lift. I, And, you know, people say, you know, there's the John Gordon quote, like, you don't have to do something, you get to do it. And that's truly how I felt going to practice every day, no matter, you know, if I was starting or not. And I think something that may confuse people, too, is it's not that I was ever complacent with not, not playing. It's just that at some point you have to embrace it and make the most of it. So, you know, during my freshman, sophomore, and even junior year you know I didn't I didn't see a lot of playing time and then before my senior year started you know we brought in a new hitting coach my um, old assistant coach moved up to head coach after our head coach um, became a mom and she decided to step down um, she has a beautiful family and she's so happy I'm so grateful for all she's done um, for me you know allowing me to play at Binghamton University but we we did have a little bit of a coaching shift um, and, you know, this hitting coach kind of came in and basically just rocked my world. Like she was like, we're changing everything. This is what we're going to do. You got to trust it. And I had kind of a hard discu um, discussion with my head coach and was like, you know, what I'm doing right now is not really working anyway. So might as well try it more or less. <laughs> like not to sound bad, but, you know, you're not, you're not killing it with what we're doing. So might as well buy into this. And the first semester of my junior year. I could not, or my senior year, I could not hit the broad side of a barn. I'm like, well, this is going downhill because, and I'm making it sound like a joke, but it wasn't, but just bear with me. <laughs> it, it, it was just kind of going downhill. And all of a sudden, like, I just kept working. And at our last tournament of the fall, I played the best game I had in a long, long time. I was hitting the ball different than I ever had. I was fielding better than I had in a while. And it all just seemed to click, of course, right before we went home for winter break. <laughs> um. But when we came back that spring, I started all, I think, 45 games that our team played and ultimately ended up first team all-conference pick. And when I say this stuff, like, it is truly not to, like, toot my own horn or anything like that. I just, like, the story I want to tell is, you know, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Because I, not, like, when I was working hard in my freshman and summer year, it wasn't because, like, I want, like, I want accolades. It was because this is what I need for myself to know that I've left it all out there. Like, that's just mm. what, that's just like a part of me. I need to work hard and it's intrinsic. Like I, I was just working because I love the process. I wasn't working because I had guarantees or was like 
that I deserve this. Like people owe it to me. It was more so just, I'm grateful to be here and I owe it to myself to give it everything I've got. And you're going to get opportunities no matter where you are. It's just whether or not you're ready for them. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, I mean, it's incredible. I, I love hearing, hearing, I love hearing all of that, especially the whole intrinsic part and the fact that you were, you just enjoyed the process. You're just grateful. To you're just grateful to be put in a position to be in the process. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it wasn't about some end goal of all conference or starting X amount of games or any awards mm -hmm. or anything. It was, it was about being the best Allie Richmond Allie yeah. could be. And that message is, is truly the message. I think everyone needs to hear, but, mm -hmm. but so, so it, it, at what point, though, at what point do you realize, though, that kind of things have changed in terms of in terms of your success? Mm -hmm. it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going back to the hitting coach a little bit, honestly, is, is yeah. like, did, did did you just trust trust it that if you just did it, it was whether well, you don't, didn't know if it was going to work or not. But I'm just going to trust the process and, and, and live with the results. And then when it did. Mm -hmm. uh Tell, tell me about that I find that fascinating because it would seem like it'd be so easy to give up yeah so for I mean for me like I it's I have a very analytical mind so if I'm gonna buy into something I need to understand how it works why it'll work why it's beneficial for me to buy into so honestly like I spent a lot of time with her just asking questions like there would be some practices where she'd say something and I'd be like, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Just because like, if I don't understand it, it's really hard for me to buy into it. Sure. If that makes sense. So yes. once I understood the process of what she was trying to do, I was like, if I can get this, I think it's going to help me a lot. Um, And it just, you know, just with hitting, I don't know if you know much about hitting. It's just, there's so many little, like just because you're struggling a lot, doesn't mean a lot is wrong. Like you can be, it's a game of inches. You can miss the ball by this much and there's nothing wrong with your swing. It's just a little correction. So, you know, that's kind of what they kept telling me all that fall is like, you're, you're getting it. You're, you're so close. You're so close. Okay. And I'm like, well, that's great. You think I'm close, but I'm not. <laughs> but it so it was just kind of that, but I, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm in it. Like, I really believe in this. I believe in, you know, what my head coach is doing. I, believe in all the work I've put in throughout the years I believe you know that I'm just I'm just gonna keep trying at it um and that being said like it ended up working working out the way you know that process went and now like even when I give lessons that's some of the stuff that she's taught me and you know all my coaching staff during my time at Binghamton has taught me is what I try to relay um just because I believe in it so much so yeah so my turn yeah. Uh, when looking back at youth sports, and I know all the trainers that are out there and all the lessons that kids get and mm -hmm. all the time young people put into athletics. I mean, obviously, so many people work hard. Do you think they put enough time into the mental approach to things, uh, to the process, like you said? Because to me, sports are great because there's no guarantees and they're competitive but they apply so many life lessons and I feel like yeah. so many miss out on the life lessons of sports. 
Yeah, so I think, like, one buzzword that needs to be talked about more in, like, youth athletics and just all the way through college is perspective, which I know you guys talk about um, all the time. So it's just, you know, a lot of people like to say, you're in your head right now. Like, it's mental. Well, if I don't do any mental training, like, I'm not really sure what that means as a kid. You know, like, I get told, you get told, you're in your head right now. Well, now I am because you just told me I am. Like, it's kind of just like this cycle, I feel like. And, you know, that even happens at, at the college level. You know, someone's like, you're in your head. It's like, well, do I look like I'm in my head or like, am I actually like, you know, then you just kind of start to question what's going on. But I think it's important too, just from, you know, the lesson standpoint, having perspective. I mean, one thing I kind of hope people can take from my journey is I had one year, you know, I wasn't even sure I was going to take my COVID year at that time, one year of softball left, and I'm changing the swing that I've done for 19 years because I believed in it. So I feel like instead of just having these blinders on of like, I'm trusting what this one person has told me, it's like, well, maybe just try to listen to see if you truly believe what that person's saying. Because if you go to a, if you go to a hitting coach, and I, I tell kids this, you know, that I've started giving lessons, I'm like, I know you have coaches, I know you have hitting coaches, but all I ask is that you're open to what I'm saying. And if you can take one thing from the field today that you've learned from me, that's a win. Like, just stay open-minded to different perspectives and different approaches, because it's not a one-size-fits-all, I don't think, in any sport. I mean, there's people who get hit, taught to hit different ways, like, all the you know teams in the college world series right now some of them get taught how to hit different ways and i don't think it's fair to say that one works and one doesn't when you're looking at all these teams in the world series so i think it's important for kids to know and i think that's sometimes on coaches too like youth coaches saying it's my way or the highway you know like i'm right you're wrong i think it's important to listen to athletes and what's important to them which my coaching staff has always done you know, they say, if you're uncomfortable, come talk to me and, you know, we'll figure it out. So I just think, you know, perspective is huge, huge, huge for athletes, especially, you know, at the, at the younger age. You, you hit a buzzword with Matt and I because perspective, yeah. if, you don't have, if you don't have perspective, it means you've never had anything to compare. So it means you've always just mm -hmm. done, done everything the same way. So yeah. thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I knew that was a buzzword for you guys. I figured it'd be a fan favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It is. Um, Ellie, I got a question for you. I know we're getting late here, but I wanted to. Oh, I yeah, wanted yeah. to ask you this from the beginning, so I don't want. I don't. Paul. Paul sometimes will pull the rug out from under me, you know, and I don't know what's coming. So I want to get it out there. What has been the best individual moment for you? So not winning an award, not not in yeah. nothing team related. I mean, w was there one moment, one play, for, um, that sticks out for you that you'll never, you know, kind of the bat that never forget or or whatever you want, wherever you want to go. But but I, I I'm always wonder that about mm -hmm. you know athletes who've played at a high level with with who are successful. Is there something that sticks out just about you? Because everyone wants to talk about when the team won this, and and I and I understand all that, and that's that's valid and awesome. But I don't want to know hear about that. I want to hear about something just you know just something you did. So I'll pick I'll pick one on the field and then one off if that's okay with you because there's two that come to mind. Even better so on the field was um, we so right after that fall season I was talking about when things kind of started to click at the end. We went down to Georgia Southern to play a tournament. 
um, our first our first spring season tournament of that year. And I, I was in the starting lineup. Um, I was really excited. And my first at bat, I struck out. And, you know, all the feelings come flooding in like, oh, no, like I this year is different. Like, I know it is. So my next at bat, my coach pulls me. She calls time out like I'm up to bat. She calls time out. She pulls me over and she goes, I am so proud of you. Like, I need you to show everyone else like everything that you've done that we all know you're capable of. And I was just like, wow, that hit like she's right. And I hit a double that year. And that season, I ended up ranked in all of Division One for doubles per game, which is honestly a super random stat. But it was just like <laughs> that that one double I hit, I was like, I can do this. Like, I, I, it okay. felt so good. I knew that the swing I had was the one that I'd been working on. And I just feel like that was just a catalyst for the rest of that season and even into the next season. Cool. So that was just one for me. To, and just seeing, like, how excited my team was for me because they're the ones who were there day in and day out. They were like, yes, like, let's go. Um, so that was just really cool. And then off the field, um, this past year, Binghamton University every year puts on a women's luncheon. So basically they bring in 500 to 600 people, um, you know, businesses in the community buy tables, other student athletes come, coaches come, and it's basically – you know, to raise awareness for women's athletics and raise scholarship money um, for female athletes. And this year I was asked to be the student speaker at that event. And they basically told me, we just want you to talk about your journey. Like, because like, we think it's one that people hear. And that was something that was really, really cool to me because I, that was never my goal. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that yeah. was not going into college. I'm like, I'm just going to work hard and, who knows what will happen but just having someone say like your journey is worth sharing it and people can take something from it that was one of the best things that I I could have ever had the opportunity to do and on top of that Dottie Pepper was the um uh you know speaker at that so I got to sit at a table with her um for those of you who don't know who they are my dad can give you the breakdown um but <laughs> um that was just really cool and you know even after that event I had people emailing me like I loved your message today I needed to hear that like people who were adults with kids emailing me saying that resonated with me wow. I really liked what you said about this like that to me is more important than any base hit I could have or any um, play I could make in the field ever so that just that was something that was really cool outstanding thanks for sharing that that's that's yeah. awesome thanks. really neat all right it's getting close so i'm gonna go with the final questions now are you okay matt did he let matt say what he needs to say <laughs> that's, that's why i'm asking no 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 that no that that's, that's <laughs> I, I i uh I'm, I'm ready i'm ready for paul to have his his final questions here go ahead right, so three questions to end it so what's next for you you're you're so, retired Old lady grandma athlete. Your team <laughs> called you grandma this year, right? They did. And I wasn't even the oldest on the team. They just said, and I quote, I have grandma-like tendencies. So take that as you may. I don't. <laughs> um, for my birthday, they got me a shirt off the like order form that says softball grandma, which is like, <laughs> if you're an actual grandma, you'd wear that. Um, anyways, so a month and a day from today, I am moving to the suburbs of Chicago. 
Um, I got a job with a tech company out there working as a financial analyst and what's called their financial development program. So for the next three years, every year, I'll be able to switch which department of finance I'm working in. So get some leadership experience, finance experience, um, and things like that. So I'm really, really excited about that opportunity as I've had two internships with that company over the past mm -hmm. uh, two summers and I've been able to network with a lot of amazing people out there. So I'm glad I have a little bit of a community that I'm going to out there. So I'm really fortunate for, you know, every, everything they've done for me and the opportunity that they're providing. That's awesome. That'll be, that'll be a great experience for you. Good luck with that. Thank you. I I'm not going to say awesome because I've been hearing it for a year from Yeah, you, so. mm -hmm. that's fine. Uh, <laughs> second question. Are you done with the game? My body says yes to playing. <laughs> um, so I definitely am not done with the game. I think, you know, of all that it's taught me, I want to in some form give back to that, whether it be through speaking, writing, coaching, um, just in any form that it can. And it, it's not something I want to force, if that makes sense. It's something that I want to come to me when it's meant to come to me. Um, you know, we haven't really talked about this. Everything happens for a reason. So when I go out there, I know it's going to come in some way. And I'm not saying it'll show up at my doorstep. I need to be open to the opportunities that present themselves. But I think, you know, there's a lot of different avenues to go with it. And I'm hoping that the right one that's meant for me will present itself. So. Awesome. Last question. And it really is. It's not like where I say three and I ask 10. Yeah. The last is it like a one A, B, C? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, just one, it's just one question right now. Okay. What advice do you have for young girls playing the game of softball right now? <sighs> or or what would you tell your younger self? You, you could answer it either way. I mean, I think there's a few things, if that's okay. Well, now you're making it an A, B, and C well, question. Okay, right? you asked me the broadest question <laughs> on earth. <laughs> um, whatever. Let me think here. So one, I think, is always stay true to yourself. So I think in athletics, a lot of the times, it can be easy to kind of lose the values you have when things get hard. Um, compromise your goals, you know, whether it be to get recruited early on, you know, you see your friends getting recruited, like I want to be recruited too. So I, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, what I thought was important wasn't because the school offered me um, something else or just things like that. I think staying true to yourself, um, showing grace when things don't go your way. So learning how to respond to failure. So one of my favorite quotes is you can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you respond to it. So just learning that from an early age, especially if you choose to play this game more so out of any others, you will fail more than you succeed. And I'm not going to lie, it straight up sucks. It sometimes sucks so bad, but I think that's why this sport teaches you so much mm. because in life you're going to fail. And it's, you know, you kind of see it as just a stepping stone and a part of the game or a part of life instead of a main character in it if that makes sense. So you're not defined by it because, you know, in softball, you succeed three out of 10 times. You're awesome. Where, you know, sometimes in life, if you're setting your goals high enough, if you succeed three out of 10 times, you're awesome. Whereas if you're setting lower goals, you're like, oh, if I'm not 10 out of, you know, things like that. Um, and then also I think just prioritize your relationships too. you know, friendships, family, a sport is important, don't get me wrong, but so are the people in your life. Um, you know, I've seen it with 
with people in my life who, you know, when they're going through stuff, they kind of just push everyone away. And that can be so, so easy. Or, you know, I'm stressed, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be alone today instead of go make memories with my friends. Or I'm gonna, um, you know, things like that. And while it's so important to find balance, I just, your identity is not just in softball. Your identity is not how well you swing a bat. Your identity is not how well you kick a ball. Your identity is not, you know, how you perform in your sport. So just knowing like there are so many other aspects of your life, your academics, you know, how well of a child you are, sister, brother, um, you know, if you want to pursue other things, that's awesome too. You know, I, I did a bunch of other things in college and I'm happy that I did. I joined clubs. I did other stuff. Some of my really good friends in college don't even know where the softball field is and that's okay. <laughs> and because you know what, now I'm, I don't play a sport now either. We're, we're the same, not the, like, you know, we're the same. And I just think that's important. So just prioritizing relationships, um, leaning on people around you, knowing your identity is much more than just an athlete and continuing to work hard. Those are, those are all uh, great lessons for anyone, which is, which yeah. is fantastic. And uh, all hit home, at least uh, all hit home, all hit home. Allie, thank you. Uh, you're episode 76. I, I know you're wondering why it, you took so long to come on, but you know, no, I, it's always been my dream to be the seventy-six pick on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was what Tom wasn't Tom Brady the seventy-six pick, Matt. Funny, no, he was like a seventh round pick, and so he would have been he would have been two something or mm-hmm. somewhere in there. No, yeah. but you know, I'm kidding. We'll we'll have you back on, you know, at, at some point, and. I when have, I failed I, a few more times and can talk about it, I'll be happy to come. Well, <laughs> hey, I'll end it with this. It, it seems to be your mo. Like you, yeah. your greatest moments almost come from your 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 worst moments or your biggest failures, and you'll have more, no doubt about it. But Allie Richmond always seems to recover. It, but but yeah. you just don't know when. You just keep trusting the process, yeah. right? So definitely. Thank you. I'll I'll see you in a few minutes. I mean, you're not too <laughs> far away right now, and. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, Alex. Great seeing you. Great seeing you.